Man, James Harden has his worst elimination game dud. There's a couple series headed for game sevens. And Tatum goes off for 46 with his back against the wall. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Oh, yeah. Feeling good. Feeling great. Just wanted to give a special shout-out to our boy, John, for his special day. Coming oh, up. yeah. We love you, brother. We love your fiance, soon-to-be wife. And we'll see you soon. Amen, dude. Sammy, how you living? I am good, my man. And John clearly learned a lesson James Harden didn't, which is you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> oh, good yeah. work, John. Love it. I love what you did there. And guys, we just watched a really intense game. The series ending to the Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors came up on top on game six. I want to ask JJ. JJ, through game five, the Grizzlies absolutely stomped the Warriors. Game six, I just want to know what your emotions were going through. What was the ride like? Oh man, my my heart was pounding. I was having anxiety. I couldn't breathe. The turnovers, <laughs> man. The turnovers were killing the Warriors. Just not even like the turnover. Forced turnovers due to the defense. It was mostly poor decision making from our offensive players or from our players in general, you know? And the Warriors, when it came down to the nitty gritty, the last five minutes of the game, they pulled it out. They were, you know, let me just say it, they were pretty perfect. Finally. Yeah. That final stretch, were you ever worried? Oh that, yeah. Oh, wait, that was... the Grizzlies could come all the way back to a game seven. Yeah, you know, what we've witnessed from the Grizzlies this year is that they're a well-balanced team even without John Morant. And major props to that team. But I've, I'm a huge believer that you need to build battle scars. In other words, you need experience. And watch out next year because they're a team to, to reckon with. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Sammy, what do you think? I agree on that front. Let's first, uh, props to the Grizzlies. Just great season. Exceeded everyone's expectations. I mean, 56 wins. They're legit, man. They're, they're going to be great. And they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, I think, for a long time. That, that core is very young and is going to be very good. On the Warriors' end, after what happened in Game 5, you had to figure they were going to come out with a lot of fire, a lot of hustle, a lot of passion, and just looking at some of the stats and breaking it down, to me, rebounds, blocks, steals, those are hustle stats. Big shout-out to Kevon Looney, 22 rebounds in this game. Oh, yeah. Draymond, 15 rebounds. Wiggins, 11 rebounds. Curry had 7, and Thompson had 8. On the blocks front, Wiggins had 3, Curry had 2, Thompson had 3. Like They came out with fire, with passion without worrying about the fact that Mike Brown was the coach for one more game. Let's hope Steve Kerr is back for the conference final. Excuse um, me. <laughs> just, just that out there. Well, I'm sorry, Sacramento, that we're, g- we're giggling at this, dude. And but, you know what? Clay has had his struggles. This is the last one I'll make. Clay has had his struggles, and he came out firing in this game, man. 8 of 14 from deep. I believe he opened 5 of 5. 30 points. Just great game. The Splash Brothers put it together in the backcourt. Although... I'm still waiting, and I think this comes in the conference finals, for that 40 or 50 point bomb from Steph. I think we haven't seen it yet, and it's mm-hmm. coming. 
And if they get Phoenix and he gets one more matchup with with who looks to be a very all of a sudden lost some tread on the tires CP, I think we see one or two of those games in that series. I'll throw that out there now. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I think they have to get past the Mavs first, and we're going to talk about that later because um, the Mavs are looking pretty feisty. But I totally agree with you. We haven't seen classic step yet. This wasn't quite like game six clay of you know 2015 2016 etc mm -hmm. but i think this was the best clay that we've seen in the playoffs so far so we have a lot of hope i want to ask you both as far as mvps go for this series for the warriors who do you think the mvp is i'm gonna start with jj oh man the mvp <sighs> it's you know it's hard for me to answer this because with the warriors it's been there's been an MVP in every single game that's different. Like that's true. I would say this game was definitely Clay. I would say like the first two games it was uh, Pool. You know, so yeah, that's true. I can't penetrating I and I don't know his buckets. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I could, you know, find uh, or determine an MVP, but I guess. You gotta go with Stephen Curry because the gravity that he pulls in the court with everybody. Right. Sammy, I, who do you think? I, I'm with you on that. And also, not just for that, but as much as I literally just said, I'm waiting for that big Steph game. What he has been outside of game five, which I throw out the window, is consistent. Throughout the throughout the series, 24, 27, 30, 32, and taking out game five, 29. Mm -hmm. So he's always there. And right. The points are there, and like you said, what we can never overstate with him is just everyone's job is easier because of him. Yeah. And Paul was up and down. Clay was obviously up and down. Draymond was very up and down, but Steph is Steph, man. And his thing, I think, at this point in his career is that his floor is so high, but his ceiling is still sky high, too. And in ways that aren't necessarily the same as traditional point guards, because I don't think that's what he is, he makes everyone else around him better because he opens up the floor for them. So that's why I would go with for this. Absolutely. That's definitely my pick, too. I'm also going to throw in Kayvon Looney's hat in there. Oh, yeah. Just because I don't think it's easy to go up against Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams. And at times, he looked very outmatched. But to come out in a closeout game and come away with, what, 20-something boards? That's absolutely ridiculous. But we're going to move on to our next one here. The Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers. The Miami Heat closed it out 99 to 90 in game six. And there was a lot of, like the game wasn't so interesting. It was more of the stuff after the game that was kind of crazy. I mean, James Harden looked completely anemic. He scored zero points in the second half. And Embiid had this to drop. Obviously, I'm sure since we got him, everyone expected the Houston James Harden but that's not who he is anymore. He is more of a playmaker. JJ, what do you think of these comments? No here? disrespect whatsoever. I don't like them. I don't like them from coming from their best player and your best player is supposed to be your leader. Embiid is pointing fingers and he's done this before and that's not what a leader does. There's a time and place and it's definitely not after a closeout game in the playoffs with a new teammate. So I think he just needs to be a, a better leader and, you know, do do these things behind closed doors. 
and I don't know, I, I just thought it was kind of tasteless on his part to do that, to call out your own teammate. He did it with Ben Simmons and I think he got yeah. away with that because Ben Simmons played terrible and then Doc did it as well so that gave him more credibility to call him out to the post-game conference but uh, Sammy, do you think it was out of line too? Am I completely? Yeah. And I think he got he got away with it with Ben Simmons also, partially because of the city he plays in. Because Philly is yes. such an in-your-face city, and Ben Simmons is such a passive guy. And Harden's a little bit passive-aggressive too. And all of a sudden, what seemed like a given that he was going to get that full max is, man, it's up in the air now. Let's talk about it. Dude, yeah, yeah like let, what, there, there, there's some aspects to bring up, right? I mean, what happens with with uh, James Harden now? What do you I do, so Sammy? We all want to know, right? What do you do, Sammy? What do you do? So you can't consider it a sunk cost, right? Because if you do, you're gonna dump the max at him, and then when he's 37 and making 65 million, Daryl Morey ain't gonna be there anymore. <laughs> Let's put that out there to begin with. Um, just gonna say it. Yeah. If I was them, I think I'd throw out a two-year <laughs> max offer. <laughs> and see what happens. And that way, you give yourself two options there. One, if he plays well, awesome. Then you have another decision to make in a couple years when he's 34, 35 anyway. Two, if he doesn't, at least you have a massive expiring contract after next year and a chip to play with. So I throw out, I throw that out there and pretty much tell him if someone will give you the full max, then we'll work with you on a sign and trade, but you can't cripple the franchise, man. You cannot give him five years. There's no way with what you've seen and the fact that you just your star player basically just threw him under the bus. Yeah. So now does MB want him back is another story. Doc is also not the type to uh, let's say take the blame himself, as we've clearly learned. And gotta say sorry to John. I know he wanted Doc in LA so bad, but it's been announced that Doc is coming back to Philly. So, I, I feel like you almost have to keep him because everything you traded to get him? Mm -hmm. I think you do. Well, I th so, I yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You have to I, pay him, right? But do you pay him for five years? I think the term is the, the question on this one. What, what contract do you offer him based on what you've seen over the last two years? What are your choices? That's the, that's, that's so, the key. See, that's why I, I do not think you can offer the guy more than two years. I just don't. And if he I, leaves, he leaves. But what do you, you tell me? Do you do you want to make sure he stays? You give him the five years, he stays. It's a lock. Right. Yeah. I. It's tough because like you only have you can only get what you have the leverage you have to negotiate, right? And the thing is, is that like James Harden pretty much has all the leverage because he's like you know you already are this much in. And now if I walk with nothing, you're gonna get nothing, which is crazy. So I almost think that like James Harden is gonna be here at least, or be in Philly for at least one more year. But the extension part where it's like, you hope for like a two to three years, but he would literally be doing you a favor. And I don't, if we know anything about James Harden, he's like a me guy, right? I want this, I wanna do this, I wanna bounce now. Right? I don't think he's going to be forgiving with that contract at all. Right. So I think Philly is in like this really tough situation. And I also think the reason why all of this came up is because Jimmy Butler yes. was whispering in Joel Embiid, Embiid's ear after the game saying stuff like... I, he basically said this. He, he said this in the post game. He said, they asked him, what did you say 
to Joel Embiid. Jimmy Butler said, I told him that I loved him. Yes, 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 I still wish I was still a part of his team, but I definitely love the Miami Heat. So Joel Embiid's already looking at other players, you know what I mean, in this yeah. sort of light. And they asked him at the perfect time, JJ, do you think this was out of pocket by Jimmy Butler to talk about Joel Embiid and the, the Philly uh, 76ers like this? No, he could talk about his ex-team. That's fair. He won. That's fair. And to be frank, he should talk smack because he was in a really great situation. And what was Harden's quote? Tobias over me? Tobias nah, over Bartlett's me? quote. Yeah, that, oh, that quote. Yeah, yeah so that Bartlett's was... Quote, like, he's, he's calling out names. And can you imagine you went from this really hardworking player, two-way player in Butler, and now you have... James Harden, who in a 42-minute playing span, only attempted four shots. It's guys. not a tumor. Yeah. And he's not yeah. even like a typical point guard. He is a prolific scorer. He just completely disappeared in the second half. Completely. Yeah. He he shot the ball twice. He didn't score a point. It is right, utterly right. unacceptable. unacceptable. And you know the other thing, if I want to throw this in here too, just going back to the city. Didn't it seem like Butler was a perfect fit for Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, perfect for Philadelphia. You could tell they embraced him, too. And I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but could you imagine if they managed to keep him and then still traded Simmons and got another piece, and it was Butler and Bede and a third guy? Because that's what they could have had. There's a, there's a world where they trade him and bring in what the wing that they used to buy his Harris's money on. Don't you know, twist the process. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole here of what the process missed out on. Oh. So they drafted Ben Simmons. The Celtics drafted Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. They drafted Markel Fultz. That's the killer. The, the Celtics got a first round pick from, a, from, from them and drafted Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. They also traded. This is a sneaky one that I, did, that I totally forgot about. They traded Mikel Bridges uh-huh. for Zaire Smith. Imagine a Mikel Bridges on that team right now. And of course, they let Jimmy walk for Tobias Harris. And then they trade their depth, right? For James Harden, who ended up doing nothing in the second half. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons, who two-thirds of those people would have contributed more than what James Harden did. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Doc Rivers... Reportedly is staying with Philly. Philly. Yep. Do you guys think this is the right move by Philly? Uh, no. Like, if, like JJ, I'm going to put you in the shoes of, of Philly fans here. Are you upset or okay with this move? I'm upset because we're stuck with James Harden, whether you like it or not. And James Harden shut down. He was asked in the press conference, what did you think about Doc Rivers' job and he just skipped that question he refused to answer so it sucks that the coach gets blamed but that's always the first person that gets fired in the NBA and if you want to keep your superstars happy because it is a superstar league unfortunately I think you do need to let Doc Rivers go so that James Harden could be happy and when James 
Harden is happy, apparently he plays better. Sammy, I'm putting you in the shoes of Joel, the process Embiid. So, Doc Rivers is staying for another year. Are you happy? So forgive me, first of all, from jumping the gun there, but I, <laughs> I can't imagine that he is, man. And Embiid has seen... Well, maybe Embiid and Doc get along together. They both seem to throw other people under the bus. So, yeah. Because they've both done That's it. That's true. True. Uh, I mean, Embiid will be... I think it goes two ways. Embiid had close to an MVP caliber season under Doc. We would all agree with that, oh, right? Good point. Good point. But let's put that there first. Doc in the regular season puts his players in good position. His his regular season teams consistently win over 50 games every year. So I'll give him props there. I mean, not every coach can do that. Yep. But Embiid also, based on... I mean, the guy's invested. I do like that about him emotionally. Like, he, he really wants to be a winner. I can't imagine he looks at Doc's track record at the way they just game five and six, man. They they lay down. He can't look at right. them and be happy. Can he? I can't see that. No way. There was a so, play. Sorry to jump yeah. in. No, please go. That one play where Jimmy Butler got the rebound between Tobias Harris and Harden, and then he shot the three, and he was he looked at those two and the crowd, and he was just like, really? like really. Really? Yeah. 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 So yeah. can I, June, can I kick a question back to you off of off of this topic then? Go for it. Actually, both of you? Yeah. Do you see a world where by the end of next season, the next unhappy superstar is Joel Embiid? I'm going to say yes. Yes. And he asks out. And it seems like JJ says yes too. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a surprise though, because there were a lot of crazy stuff said after this game one that's kind of sliding under the radar did you hear what Joel Embiid had to say about the Miami Heat and PJ Tucker and stuff he said they have guys like PJ Tucker tough gets from point A to B physical like bam they have a bunch of those types of guys and since I've been here I'd be lying if I said we had those guys nothing against what we have but it's the truth that does not sound like a happy superstar at all with no. what's going on in Philly. So I would not be surprised if Joel Embiid's like, you know, I think part of the process is me bouncing. Like, I'm <laughs> out of here. But, you know, um, JJ, do you want to chime in a little bit? No, I mean, I just wanted to say that the Sixers, they're all to blame. And he... And Embiid, even though what he said was, you know, not politically correct, say that out loud. Yeah. But he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. That's right. I guess, Sammy, I should throw it back to you. Did, did you also think, would you also be surprised? I expect it barring just some massive trade or somehow Harden turning into Houston Harden again, like... If Harden comes in the camp in the typical best shape of his life kind of thing and actually, you know, and, and actually becomes what he was in Houston, that, then that team has the ability to beat anybody. But if if they're 20 games in and it's more of the same, I can't imagine Embiid saying, why am I sticking around? Like, this team's ceiling is, what, mid-pack in the East now? And he's already 28. People forget are- that because he missed basically his first three years. Sammy, you're you're a gambling guy, dude. What what are the odds on James Harden coming in um, in shape with like a six pack for next year? 
trying to think of a good analogy for really long odds, but I'm going to give you like, <laughs> I'll give you five to one on your money for that one. Let's put it that <laughs> way at best. Got it. And now we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the next series here, it's going to go to a game seven between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics came up on top for game six. Tatum going absolutely crazy. Sammy, is this exactly what you expected out of game six and Jason Tatum? At this point, yes. Tatum, to me, is clearly in that top tier now. I mean, he just, he brings it. He doesn't back down. He puts in the effort, like I talked about earlier with Golden State. I mean, 46 tonight, and that fourth quarter, man, until the Celtics pulled away, just the level of shot making on both sides, particularly Tatum. Every time Milwaukee had a run, it felt like Tatum just dropped another three. Didn't even touch rim on most of them, man. He was so great in this game. And, you know, we've gone back and forth on our picks on this one. And I, like I was telling you guys, I very cautiously took Milwaukee at seven. And I'm still going to stick by that because <laughs> just because of the man on the other end. But yeah, Tatum, Tatum's on that level now, man. He He's up there. I, I would honestly feel good about putting him up against pretty much any star. And I wouldn't outright call him like better than Giannis, for example. But I think he can easily hang with them, and he's proven it. And if he can hang with the honest, he can hang with anybody else as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's not much to add other than when I was watching the game. Jason Tatum, like what you said, Sammy, nothing but net. Like, you could hear the swish on TV. And it was consistent. Uh -huh. Like, I believe it was 11 straight points that Tatum had in hit him scored with the ball in his hand which is unbelievable and those are the performances that we've yearned for in, J in uh, Jason Tatum because we were we, we've been asking for those performances and against the Milwaukee Bucks a defensive core team it was really cool to see and now we're getting a game seven so do you guys think that Giannis Antetokounmpo can do this on the road to close out game seven and win. JJ, do you think it's gonna to be too much? That Celtics crowd, I feel like it's just gonna be absolutely wild because they've been so thirsty for a decent team or even just this duo to work. What do you think, Jay? Within the last few teams left in the playoffs, if there's one player that could come up on top, in a game seven, like LeBron has, it would be honest. This guy's unbelievable. He has stole a game at Boston. So game seven, if he wants to add to that resume for his legacy, which I'm sure he does, I think he's gonna be unstoppable. I'm, I'm with you and 
I mean, I, this is the result I picked, so if I went and said no now, then, you know, I, I'd be pretty hypocritical. But right. uh, I think the other thing to discuss is obviously you're going to look at your stars, right? So I'm uh, Giannis, Tatum, and to another level, Brown also, who's not quite at their level, but is obviously still a very elite player. But just looking at Milwaukee, man, they've had the same problem the whole series. 44 for Giannis, 17 for Holiday, 14 for Connaughton, who actually did step up tonight. No one else had more than six. There is a clear problem with Middleton out, and they've been just doing enough to squeak by. So someone in Game 7, someone else, Portis, Brooke Lopez, who only played 19 minutes tonight, I think because of the way the Boston matched up with him, Grayson Allen, somebody. Somebody's got to make some threes, make something happen. Because I, I think Giannis might not step off the floor in Game 7. I think he might play all 48. And it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if he puts up 50 points. But if he puts up 50 and no one else puts up more than 15, they're not going to win. So I think everyone in the Eastern Conference, or even just the NBA in general, is looking at Giannis Attentacupo like people used to look at LeBron James, right? Like, if you if you beat LeBron James, you already felt like you won something, right? In a seven-game series. I think the Boston Celtics have something great on the line. I mean, to overcome KD, to also potentially overcome Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then after that, maybe take on, like, the Warriors or the Suns and those teams. I That is, like, quite the gauntlet to go through, and I think they would be completely validated in their championship, and it would do something for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I think they have a lot on the line here. For Giannis, I think if he does lose the series, would you guys agree with me that people would kind of excuse it because Middleton is out? Yeah. I I, I agree with that, man. I mean, because you look at it, and he's backed it up every night. He's shown up. He hasn't hasn't had a truly terrible game. He had one bad shooting game, but outside of that, he's been coming and bringing it every single game. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, we're going to take it to the next series here. The Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to a Game 7 like everyone predicted, right? No, I thought this thing was over. I thought the Suns were going to just smack on the Mavericks. And somehow, Luka Magic and Brunson and company just make this happen. They go all the way to Game 7. I don't have a pulse on this series whatsoever. I did not expect things to happen that are happening. What do you guys think of this series in general, and who do you think is going to come out on top here? Are we sounding the alarm on Chris Paul? Let me start with that. Yes. I think so. You have to. I think this is a Chris Paul, like, a a meltdown series, right? Feels like... Are we on meltdown watch here? Go ahead, This feels like the Clippers Thunder series from 2014. The Rockets series in 2015 that they blew 3-1, he gets a pass. He was hurt again. Sorry to say, but he was. Um, (laughs) The OKC series... (laughs) The OKC series was on him. And this is going down that road. He went from those elite quarters. Remember against New Orleans just last series? He had a couple games where he literally scored, I think, like 14, 16 points in the fourth when Booker was out. Point God, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And then in this series, it's been, what, 4 points, 7 points, 13 points? Like, I don't know, man. And you can tell Phoenix is panicking. 
because their rotation suddenly shifted. Campaign was backing him up. All of a sudden, Campaign played four points. They had Shamit playing backup point guard in this game, which made zero sense to me. So, I still think Phoenix wins this game on their court. I think they find a way to get it done, but I'll tell you now, if they do, I don't feel nearly as good about them making making it impossible winning the title as I did before. I This looks a lot shakier, and that's where I'm standing on it. I mean... How do you think Game 7 goes, guys? I think Luka's gonna go nuts. He's gonna go off. He's had the experience, and Sammy, you could attest to this because of the last two playoff series where your team eliminated him, but he did go off, right? Oh, yeah. So, and when he was, you know, playing overseas, he was in those championship games as a youngin, and he tore it up, too. So, Luka is gonna get his. The concern is if his help will come into play, which we've been saying over and over, like, can they perform well on the road? And they haven't. That's the that's the thing. But game seven is game sevens are weird. You just don't yeah. know, right? Absolutely. You you have no idea what's gonna happen in this. And JJ, to your point. Um, someone else needs to step up and for the Mavs it's been kind of crazy because some unsuspecting people have stepped up I mean we had a game where Dorian Finney-Smith was just on fire from three also Davis Bertans has been weirdly consistent as of late but this last game in game six Spencer, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie who has been pretty much completely absent this entire series ends up scoring 15 points on 71 shooting like that is exactly what this Mavs team needs and I feel like they're starting to get their groove here while the Suns are almost doing the exact opposite. This is why I'm worried for the Suns because I feel like their trajectory right now is pointing down and the Mavs I feel like they're getting stronger and stronger with every game like Luka. Very smart guy. He's just figuring things out, man. So I'm really worried for the Phoenix Suns here. I think the Mavs might come out on top. Ooh. So call your shot then. Who's the X Factor in Game 7? Not the star, but the X Factor player either team that puts them over the hump. The X Factor for either team. You know what? I'm going to say it's Spencer Dinwiddie again. Okay. I liked what I saw from this game. I liked the way he was attacking the basket, specifically putting Chris Paul on his heels. I'd like seeing that. I hope they continue to go to that as well. Um, but I don't know. JJ, what do you think? I would say him and Dorian Finney-Smith for Dallas. Right. And dang, for the Suns. I mean, it's the hard X, to say. The, the X-Factor X, is Chris yeah, Paul. X-Factor is Chris <laughs> Paul. Chris Paul just, he doesn't need to overthink like what we talked about the last pod. He doesn't need to make every single shot. He just needs to play the point clock point spot make smart passes don't turn the ball over like that's the major concern is his turnovers are off the hook right now way off the hook Agreed. him and Booker had 13 turnovers that's unacceptable yeah, that's, too that's completely crazy okay. Sammy. so so on the surface it sounds like you both might be picking Dallas to win I'm not sure we'll talk about that after I, I think Mikal Bridges has a big game in Game 7, two-way. I, I think he comes up with some timely scoring, goes anywhere between 16 to 20 points, and 
keeps either Luca, not in check, Luca's gonna go off, but maybe keeps him from getting other guys involved a little more, or he defends whoever the second banana is at any point in the game, whether that's Brunson, Dinwiddie, whoever they try to throw out there, and just impacts the game on both ends. So that being said, obviously, I'm, I'm taking the Suns to, to win this. I just don't know how I feel about Chris Paul's performance right now. Like, what do you think it is with Chris Paul, though? You've seen him up close, you've watched him all those years. Do you think he's just tired, or he's mentally drained, or Like, what? are the Mavs, are the Mavs gonna win, and we're gonna find this article that's like, Chris Paul needs off-season <laughs> surgery. He was playing injured this Yo, entire time. What's going like, on, what Sammy? You, what's going on, Sammy? Man, it feels like he's inside his own head. That's the best way I can put it. Like, oh, it's almost like somewhere when the Mavs won game three and four, and this is me going way in the rabbit hole, but it's almost like it hit him that this is going to be as good a shot as I ever have. Ooh, we and did say that in the beginning head. of the year, right? Yeah. That this is and, it. Or yeah. And, and he's in his own head. I don't think he's hurt. And if it comes out after the season that he's hurt, you know how bad that's going to look like? Like the scapegoat excuse. It's, it's, yeah. it's, Once again. It's yeah. going to be like it yeah. should have been part of the 76ers press conference yesterday. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I just, I think he's in his head, man. And and he's got, I, if he wins this series, I feel like it'll calm him down a little bit. But that's that's the best thing I can give you. That, that's what I'm seeing personally when I, when I watch them play right now. Well, you know what, boys? Like, I'm going to wrap up the pod pretty soon here, but I do want to say that what's crazy is that all of these series right now, or for, for round two, it might be the best round two we've ever seen. Any of these series could have been like their conference finals type series with how physical and how, well, with the exception of Heat 76ers, I think. Mm. But the other three have been really crazy. And it's been a lot of fun like talking with you guys joking around with you guys i'm i'm so happy that you guys are on this pod but anyway that's all that we have for tonight i want to thank you too for being on jj thanks for being on man once again special shout out to our boy john we'll see if we could pod within the next few days amen sammy thanks for being on man thank you gotta gotta echo that sentiment man it's gonna be it's gonna be good to Get everyone together in person, whether it's potting or, frankly, just having a drink at that wedding. Looking forward to it, guys. All right, all right. Amen. And, you know, shout out to our video producer, RJ, as well. Check out our, sorry, (laughs) shout out to our video producer as well, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.